You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode six of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Uh, busy well, busy weekend with, with lots of two sets of fixtures. So, yeah, lots to, lots to look back on. And, yeah, good, good stuff. How about you? Good, good long weekend? It was a good long weekend, a bank holiday weekend, mm. which is always, you know, it's always pleasant. And uh, and that good. gives us, well, not only does it give us sort of double the fixtures to uh, to talk about, but, uh, you know, it really does sort of put in the ethos of um, of, of this week's episode of the of the Tool Station Western League podcast is very much, it's very much got a holiday feel, Tom. So so not only do we have two sets of, of fixtures, I mean, we've got, we've got everything from the FA Vars to... Um, the FA Cup to Premier Division football. We've got First Division football. But um, our interviews this week have certainly got a holiday feel to mm. them as well. For our first interview, we're going to be on the beach well, with, uh, with Tony Beecham, um, <laughs> of course, the manager of Ashton and Backwell. And um, um, a, a, a more of a Yuletide holiday. But, um, of course, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without, without three wise men. Uh, we're speaking to one of the wise men at Wincanton. That's Chris Wise. Um, and they've got a very big game coming up this weekend. So I'm um, really looking forward to having a chat with Chris a bit later. But we're going to kick things off in our Premier Division. Uh, a game played on Saturday, the 27th of August, in the dim and distant memory. Clevedon Town against Wellington. It was a seven-goal thriller time. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how Clevedon uh, ended up winning this one, I'm not sure I, I quite know. But, uh, yeah, they did win by four goals to three eventually. Um, a couple of goals from Nathaniel Groom had put the visitors 2-1 up at the interval. Uh, Wellington, sorry. Uh, after Cleveland had gone in front uh, through Cleveland, uh, through uh, Callum Eastwood. Uh, but then with five minutes left on the clock, uh, Wellington pretty much looked to have wrapped it up. Uh, deflected effort. Uh, finishing in the back of the net and that put them, yeah, 3-1, 3-1 ahead. And yeah, you'd probably think they were, they were home and dry, but Cleveland, to be fair to them, yeah, never, never, never looked back. Uh, Freddie King rolling the ball into the back of the net to give them a slight hope. And then with their next attack, uh, King turn provider, uh, teeing up Henry Westlake, who, who fired them level. So, uh, yeah, as I say, even at this point, you'd think uh, Wellington probably would, would earn something from the game. But <laughs> extraordinarily, uh, Clevedon managed to attack again. And lo and behold, it ended in the back of the net again. Uh, and this was, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, Sid Camper completing the turnaround. Uh, second minute of stoppage time. A pretty remarkable game to start with. Clevedon winning by four goals to three at home to Wellington. Everything they touched turned to goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, now, looking into the um, first division, we've got an eight-goal thriller for you, this but this time between Gillingham Town and FC Bristol. Uh, but this game, Tom, was a little bit more one-sided than the last one we talked about. Yeah, it was. And uh, it was the away side who ran out. Uh, big victors. Uh, six goals to two, they were... Victorious by they did fall behind after just two minutes, in fact, uh, from the spot. Uh, but yeah, it was really one man who did much of the damage for for Bristol, and that was Sasha Tong. He scored four goals uh, for, for his side in this game, um, and it was a late goal also from Kinsley Murray. Uh, but yeah, real real standout uh, individual performance from Tong, who's really started to to find his shooting boots. I think uh, yeah, he's definitely um, definitely seems to be firing on all cylinders at the moment. So uh, yeah, big win for Bristol away at Gillingham. We move on to Oldland Abertonians. They've been going rather well, and uh, that continued as well on Saturday, the 27th of August. 
Yeah, it did. No, um, Almondsbury, who yeah, found a little bit of form coming into this one, but yeah, there were no match for for the Abbots. A six-nil win uh, for for the home side in this one. A um, couple of a uh, couple of big halves for them. Three goals in either half. Aaron Mansfield, um, his fourth at the beginning of the second period, probably ended the uh, ended the contest pretty much. Uh, Jack Mills also scoring the second half. But yeah, the Oldland uh, Abertonians running out six nil winners uh, over Almondsbury on Saturday afternoon. Now we're going to have a look at the FA Vars, the first qualifying round. But we're going to rewind back to Friday, um, Friday the twenty sixth of August, where Wincanton Town they travelled into the heart. Of uh, of the New Forest down to Forley, uh, no less. And um, well, there were there were plenty of goals in this one, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. It, usually, when obviously we get start of the season, there's plenty of cup games, and you sort of for this this sort of uh, yeah, we pick out the pick out the happy stories. Obviously, um, good good results up and down the uh, up and down the leagues. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, Wincanton did did go out in the bars, uh, but not after. Yeah, pretty pretty incredible uh, fixture, as you say, on Friday night. They were involved in a five-all draw, and that no extra time involved in that. That was all uh, all in the space of 90 minutes. Uh, they did lead 5-3 pretty late on, so I'm sure they'll be uh, pretty devastated to have been knocked out. But a five-all draw uh, before losing 4-1 on penalties. But that uh, the, the 10 goals that they did share uh, made it the highest score draw in the history of the FA Vars. So, uh, yeah, wow. Pretty remarkable place to start. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately for Wincanton, they're... Uh, they're uh, their cup run does come to an end for the season. Well, in that competition, but of course they're still in the FA Cup. Mm, Sorry, yeah, uh, no. Well, don't 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 worry. Don't Turns worry. all attention to that one. The Vars is <laughs> nothing compared to compared to the FA Cup for them. So, <laughs> so we will, um, but we we will return for now to the FA Vars first qualifying round with the games played on Saturday, the twenty seventh of August. Quite a few of our sides, of course, in action, and we're going to start with Bitten. Uh, now they've found life in the Premier Division uncustomarily difficult this season, but um, their winning ways return to them on Saturday. Yeah, really good, good stuff from them. Obviously, they have had a, a tough start, and I think they're still without a win in the league. But uh, yeah, a big, a big, um, well, hopefully a bit of a morale booster for them. Uh, a 4-1 victory over Wokingham and Embrook uh, in the in the Vars. Uh, nothing to nothing to shout home about in the first half, but uh, yeah, they made a, a perfect start to the the second period. Uh, and that was uh, Jesse House letting home a penalty within yeah within moments of the restart really so yeah great start to to the second half uh, the the visitors did actually draw level uh, to put the pressure obviously back on Bitten who as we say were without a win uh, so um, yeah probably not the best of times to concede soon after going in front but yeah to be fair to them they responded really well uh, Charlie Madison and then Jack Shepherd uh, scoring twice in uh, quick succession to to put them three one up. Uh, and then it was uh, Alessandro Palicia, uh, oh. if I pronounced that one right, for our name of the day. Uh, but, yeah, he, he scored in stoppage time to complete the victory. So, uh, yeah, fantastic uh, afternoon for, for Bitten. Hopefully they can, uh, yeah, sh- show a bit more of that in the, in the league in the next few weeks. Uh, now we'll move uh, on to Barnstable Town. Now they're a new side um, for this season in the uh, in the Premier Division. Uh, we haven't had them on the podcast yet, so I will be... I will be rectifying that mm-hmm. as soon as uh, as soon as I can, and perhaps we should have had them on this week because they were really, uh, in terms of sort of a, a one-off result. Um, uh, this is the result of the weekend, isn't it? Um, and they did it away. They did it at Godolphin Atlantic. Mm, they did, and yeah, um, they went one better than both Celtic and Liverpool, didn't they? Ten nil, uh, to Paul, uh, winning on on Saturday afternoon. Uh, five in either half, so dominant throughout. Uh, 4-0 up after 24 minutes, I think it was. So, uh, yeah, they really did fly out the blocks. 
Uh, it's pretty tough to name all the goal scorers, but I'll, I'll try my best. I think Joe Grigg, uh, Stu Bowker, Tor Swan, and Callum Laird uh, were the were the were the uh, early scorers, putting them four goals to the good, as I say, pretty early on. Uh, Laird in in the end completing a hat trick. Uh, also goals for Brody Montague uh, and Billy Tucker as well. Probably missed names there, I'm sure, but uh, yeah. Uh, a 10 0 uh, win for Barnstable and uh, yeah, storming into the next round of the competition. And, again, and from a game with 10 goals to a game with no goals. Mm-hmm. And Portis head against Shrivenham, a side that I know a little bit about, it would be fair to say. Um, um, well, I, I, I can't really ask you how this game went, can I, Tom? Because <laughs> um, uh, I've just said there were no goals in it. There were no goals. <laughs> Fortunately for Portis head, it did go to penalties, like all the games that that ended uh, in a tie after the 90 minutes. And, uh, yeah, they came out on top 4-3. And I'm hoping I've got the details of this correct. Obviously, I'm yeah, a little bit a little bit wary that yeah, things make. But uh, George Boone, the uh, Portishead keeper, unable to continue uh, in the final couple of minutes uh, just as the game was, was headed towards uh, a denouement. But, uh, yeah, it was assistant player manager, I think, Dave Hewitt, I think I've got that right, who came on and, uh, yeah, played, played a starring role in the shootout. Uh, a couple of saves and also putting away... Of course he did. He put away the, the winning spot kick uh, and it was, yeah, uh, well, a memorable afternoon, I'm sure, for, for all that were there. Maybe no goals uh, to, to shout home about, but uh, yeah, a penalty victory uh, for Porter's head over Shrivenham. Now, we'll move on to Bank Holiday Monday, where again, we had another full schedule of matches um, played. And uh, we'll start off in the Premier Division uh, with Ashton and Batwell United. They took on Falmouth Town. Did and it was uh, yeah another pretty decent win for for Ashton this I think um, yeah Falmouth or Falmouth sorry um, they've come in uh, yeah they're probably a, a team to look out for I think but uh, Ashton beating them by a goal to nil on on Monday uh, Dean Preddy scoring the only goal and that was about 20 minutes or so from time so good uh, yeah good 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 victory for for Ashton. And that was all the excuse I needed to get hold of um, Tony Beecham. Of course, Tony, from his time at Cribs, has been a friend of the podcast. It's always good to catch up with him. And he's really doing some excellent things uh, at Ashton and Batwell. You know, I, in my conversations with managers in the league, I think they've been really impressed with um, with what Tony's achieving uh, at Ashton since he, um, he, uh, he came in to the hot seat there. So I started our interview by reflecting on the fact that that was two wins over the bank holiday weekend. Of course, three points in the league and a win in the VAR. So I started by asking Tony which result he was most pleased about. I was pleased with the, the league win. Um, Falmouth for a very good side. Um, we rode our luck a little bit, but uh, we got the breakthrough late on and yeah, thoroughly deserved the three points. Now you've got Camberley in the FA Vars on September the 24th, but you're at home. So do you fancy your chances of progressing in that competition? Yes, definitely. Obviously, we played Napier on Saturday. We beat them 2-1. Um, and funny enough, Napier played Camberley on uh, yesterday and beat them 1-0. So, yes, it's a winnable game. We'll do a bit of homework on them and hopefully we can get through to the next round. Because it's been a very impressive start to the season um, so far. I, I hesitate to use this because I know it's a cliche, um, but we do talk about going under the radar. It's a bit of an overused phrase. Um, but to be fair, I don't think many people had Ashton and Batwell, you know, doing this well this uh, at this point in the season. Yeah, we like to go under the radar. Um, we learned a lot from last season. Um, obviously, getting promoted um, and taking a few few idings to be fair but um, we've, we've kept all the squad from last year um, we've added and um, yeah the boys have learned a hell of a lot and it's showing in, in our start we've had to start the season 
because you had a big job when you came in last season. I don't think, you know, we, we can't make any bones about that. And, and I think that, you know, many people would have thought no matter how well you did, you were always going to be up against it. But, you you know, the side stayed in the division and actually towards the end of the season, you got some very handy results. So it looks like the fact that you've had a pre-season with the boys has actually made all the difference. It's meant that you really have been able to make this side your own. Yeah, it was. It come, it come in, it was a difficult job to take on. But um, I've got two lads that work with me, Jim Williams and Ryan Parrott. And like you said, we've had a very good pre-season. And um, yeah, it's working wonders at the moment. So long may that continue. So dare I ask, what are your ambitions for this season? Well, we'd like to be a mid-table side. Um, we, we thought that when we first went in and didn't realise obviously how hard the job was. Um, but like I said, we bought a few players in and if we can finish mid-table, it'd be a, be a very good season for us. When you look um, into the future and uh, you, you, look at, you look at next season and the proposed merger between the Western League and the South West Peninsula League, how do you think that the, the, sort of the, change, the changes, the new Step 5 league you know, across Devon and Cornwall, how do you think that they're going to impact a side like Ashton and Backwell? Um, I think it'll impact it very well because obviously you can see our league this year. Um, there's a lot of travelling involved. Um, you look at Division 1, there's a lot of Bristol sides in there. And you look at the Hellenic League and there's a lot of Bristol sides in there. So, yeah, it's a difficult one for us this year. But next year, obviously, we can stay in this division next year. We'll look forward to that because it'll be more regionalised and it'll save the club a lot of money. Obviously, it will save a lot of money in terms of the transport, but also one of the things I've always noticed about managers, and you know, you and I have spoken a few times over the last few seasons. Uh, I always think the mark of one of the, you know, mark, the mark of some of the best Western League managers is the quality of their little black book. And I'm sure that Ashton and Batwell were very keen for you to get that out when they got you through the door. I mean, you've talked about the competitive nature of the Hellenic League, and you've also mentioned our own first division. So, do you think that the merger and the change of the travel distances will make Western League or whatever it's going to be called, Premier Division football next season, a more appealing um, proposition when you're trying to get players into Ashton and Backwell? Yeah, most definitely. It's, it, it's been hard. Obviously, I do know a lot of players. I spoke to too many over the summer, and obviously, the first thing they say to me is the travelling. So, yeah, it'd be a great help next season. And obviously, if we're in that division, and it will be a little, well, I'd like to think it'd be a lot easier trying to attract, attract more players. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, have you got an idea for where you want to take this Ashton and Backwell side? Because, of course, we're, you know, we've seen how, you know, you did a good job at Cribs. Um, you, you know, we obviously, um, I saw you compete in the Les Phillips Cup final. Um, you know, is, is, is there a, you know, is, is there a, once you've stabilised the side, um, you know, are you, is it a case of looking up rather than down? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like I said, it was tough last year. Um, we've regrouped and this year we, we've learned a hell of a lot and like I said earlier um, and yeah I, I think I think we're in a good position and the boys know what's expected and yes I, I do I do look up rubber and bang now and yeah that's that's our uh, that's our um, that's what we want to do I think one of the sides you're about to come up against next, Shepton Mallet, are a really good blueprint for sides that consolidate themselves in the Western League Premier Division and then, you know, make a really good go at becoming more and more competitive every season. They're really flying this season. Um, I mean, 
playing against a side like that, do you think that there's a danger that they could underestimate you? To be honest, I would say no. Um, if you'd have asked me that question last season, I think yes. And we, we did catch a lot of teams off guard. In Obviously, we beat Tavistock, we beat Mousel. Um, but no, I, I, I don't think. I think people are starting to have a good look at us and take us serious now. And um, like I said, Shepton are a very good side. And yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to the challenge. Obviously, they're undefeated. So... There's no pressure on us. We'll go. No, I mean, we'll, play, we'll be up against them and, and we'll give it a good go. Shepton are undefeated. Bridgewater are undefeated. Have you got a feel for which other sides are likely to go well in the Premier Division this season? Uh, yes, I, 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 you, you can't write out Mysore. Mysore are um, a very good footballing side and, like I said, all the Devon and Cornwall sides are very good. So it is a tough league and it, it'd be interesting who uh, who goes on and wins it. But like I said, Bridgewater and Shepton have, have started very well. Now, you travel to Welton Rovers on September the 10th. They're a side that you've already played. You beat them 4-0. I mean, does a result like that this early in the season count for anything? I mean, do you think they're going to provide you with a sterner test on the road? Yeah, I think they will. There's no easy games in this league. We know that. Um, obviously, they've just come up and we were good that day I'm not going to lie we were good. we took our chances at the right time but yeah we'll be in for a, a, a tough encounter when we play them again on the 10th so we'll be prepared for that so like I said we just take one game at a time and, and, and as long as we turn up and do the business we'll be fine and my thanks to Tony for his time uh, now we move on to another game uh, that was played on Monday the 29th of August and I'm sure every Keen Western League watcher will have seen uh, that Canesham Town have been struggling uh, this season. Of course, they went um, very well last season. They've been a real fixture in the Premier Division since they um, uh, got promoted a couple of seasons ago. You know, the archetypal difficult place to go. Well, it hadn't been a difficult place to go this season until Monday, as Wellington found out. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, yeah. Long time coming, this for Kenshin, a real uh, yeah, resounding victory for them. A 4-0 win uh, over Wellington and two goals inside the opening seven minutes from Jamal Thomas really setting them on their way here. I think, um, obviously, it's uh, yeah been a tough time, but to, to get a kickstart like that is a, is a good good place to start if you're going for, going for victories. And, uh, yeah, from there, uh, they didn't uh, yeah didn't look back in the end, a 4-0 win. Uh, Wellington did have a chance to to get back into the game but Nat Groom who'd obviously scored a couple on the uh, on the previous uh, weekend uh, he did have a penalty saved and uh, yeah Kenshin making them pay uh, soon after Owen Brain scoring a scoring a spot kick of his own uh, to put them three goals up uh, and then it was a Henry Sadie chip uh, making it 4-0 uh, all before half time uh, and that was how it stayed so yeah good good afternoon for the K's if you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Uh, right, moving on to the first division and Almondsbury. Um, they were they've been going quite well um, this season. I did wonder whether or not they'd be um, promotion dark horses. Well, they came up against a very well established side in Oddown that uh, did well last season. We expect them to do well again this season, and um, really that's how it proved on Monday. 
Yeah, this was another uh, standout individual performance. I think it was worth noting. Uh, and it was, uh, yeah, uh, Luke Bryan. I think he was, yeah, he was the uh, the leading scorer in both divisions last year. And uh, yeah, he was uh, to the forefront again for the for the Bath side again on on, on Monday, uh, scoring four. And uh, yeah, absolutely a, a fantastic uh, performance from him. And it was a six 0 win for Rod Down. So the Bath side will be obviously over the moon with their uh, away travels on on back holiday Monday. And finally, a clash in the first division between two sides that are undoubtedly promotion contenders. Brislington, of course, they've come down from the um, Premier Division but show no signs of having lost any of their competitive edge. And Wincanton Town, well, we know how good they are from last season where they made it into the playoffs with a late run. They've started this season much, much better. And uh, I think that's probably quite an ominous, ominous sign for um, any, everybody else in the first division. Uh, well, they travelled to Brislington on um, Bank Holiday Monday and um, it was goals galore. Mm-hmm, absolutely. We started our roundup with uh, the comeback and it was, uh, yeah, more of the same in this one. Uh, Brislington looking like they probably, well, after an hour, they were they were three goals to the good and looking like they were going to stroll to victory. Uh, a free kick from Ash Kington and then Dean Griffiths uh, scoring right at the end of the first half, put them two goals up. Uh, it was then a further, a further goal, uh, Griffiths scoring his second, uh, back healing into the back of the net from a, a Lewis Dunn corner. So that made it uh, 3-0 after about 62 minutes, I think it was. Uh, but then, yeah, when Canton started their comeback, uh, Matt Garner, he's, uh, yeah, started pretty well this season, I would say. Uh, he, a few cup goals, I think, recently. Uh, he scored the first of their their uh, their, uh, their goals to make it 3-1. Uh, he then scored again pretty soon uh, pretty soon after. I think seven minutes or so left on the clock, uh, his header, uh, making it 3-2. And then, yeah, finally, uh, when Canton did get that equaliser. Uh, and it was Garner who turned, turned provider this time, so a real star performance from him in there. In their comeback, uh, setting up Cameron Veer, and uh, yeah, he did the business, and it was uh, yeah, ended up uh, being three apiece. Well, Chris Wise, uh, the manager of Wincanton Town, has been a regular fixture on the podcast. Uh, it's always um, great to have a chat with him, particularly with so much going on at the club at the moment. Of course, that um, bizarre FA Vars game, and. Um, and, of course, the FA Cup game coming up. But we started our conversation by reflecting on Monday's draw. And I started by asking Chris whether he felt that that was a fair result. Yeah, I think so. I think um, the old cliche, really, it was a massive game of two halves. We were we were pretty poor first half, really lethargic. And um, unlike us, to be honest, um, we played a lot of football lately. I know um, I know a lot of people have. But um, we played obviously Wednesday and then Friday, um, kind of a away, tri- uh, away trip down in the bars in, in Southampton, and then obviously on onto Monday. In that first half, we just looked leggy and um, quite quite slow, and we went we went we were from a two nil down at half time, went three nil down early second half, um, but that goal seemed to kind of kick us into life really, and. Um, yeah, I think you ask any manager to come that come back from a three uh, nil deficit. You've got to be delighted come the end of it. The, the good thing was it showed our character and determination, and it was kind of full credit to the lads really because a lot of teams kind of crumble and die at that point, and it ends up five, six, seven. So to come back and pull it back and get a point from that at a place which is definitely really, really hard to go to, we were absolutely delighted with it. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about that because, of course, I think a lot of people, when they saw Brislington um, were in the first division this season and the calibre of player that they were 
um, able to put out. I think, you know, they had a lot of people had them as favourites, um, you know, to be there or thereabouts at the top of the table at the end of the season. So, I mean, what did what did you make of them on the day? Uh, you know, did they did they look like everything that we that we think they're going to be? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, they they are definitely a very very dangerous side, and they got a lot of threat going forward. They um, they had a couple of players go off injured. We both did actually inside the first half an hour. We both lost two players to injury as well, um, as were two defensive players. Theirs was a, um, a midfielder and a forward, I think, as well, which definitely hampered them a little bit as well. But you can tell they they've definitely got. Um, real quality and that I'm pretty sure they'll be up there at the end of the season I think without any question whatsoever that's an interesting point you make about the um, the about the injuries because um, I think a lot of people have obviously given the weather situation you know we know the pitches haven't had a lot of water they're pretty hard was that a factor or were the injuries just sort of part of the sort of the hustle and bustle of the game um, no I, th- I think it probably is a factor um, it's a strange one because I know for years and years people have been um, kind of moaning that we don't have enough games early in the season um, and now people are moaning that there's too many games um, for me I think it, like, this is one of those that you can't really blame the fixtures secretary they, they've done exactly as everyone's asked they've put in all these fixtures early so we're Saturday Tuesday for the majority of weeks which for me makes perfect sense in the better weather pitches are normally a lot better get better crowds coming out etc what obviously nobody could really anticipate and cater for was as I said earlier the uh, the driest period this country's ever seen which has just made the pitches I mean they are they're all rock absolutely rock hard they are they're, they're like playing on concrete and I think as a result of that people are picking up knocks that they may well not have before We've talked about Brislington then. What about um, the other sort of runners and riders this season? Which teams do you think will be going well in the first division? Um, we played Wells. Uh, we played Wells away. They beat us 1-0. Um, and no complaints at all in the scoreline. We were well, well beaten that day. They're very good. They've added well in the summer. Um, they were good last year. But as I said, they've brought in a couple of real quality additions. I think, that, again, they're going to be right up there this year. They've got a really good squad. They've got a good um, forward line that's pacey and dangerous. They caused us all kinds of problems on the day. Uh, if it wasn't for our keeper, it would have been it would have been more than the one that day. So I think they'll definitely be up there. Nails, he looked like they've started really well. Although I have to admit, I don't know too much about them. But to be honest, this year the league's definitely stronger than it was last year, in my opinion. Oldland's obviously are absolutely flying at the moment. Uh, Portishead are doing well. So I think this year there are a lot of teams that could really throw their hat in the ring and should make it quite interesting come the end of the season. And what about Wing Canton? Because of course you went so well, certainly in the second half of last season. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, went 20, 29 games unbeaten, which at any level of football was an unbelievable achievement. Really. Um, so to get kind of nothing from that was a huge blow. Um, I'd like to think we'd be up there this season. I, I can't see any reason why we wouldn't if we're um, if we're consistent and we have a bit of luck with injuries, etc. The squad's strong. It's stronger than it was last year. We've, um, we've we've kind of kept everybody from last year and added a couple of new faces to it recently. So I'm really confident in the lads, to be honest. I think hopefully we should have another good year. It's really interesting to hear that you've been able to keep that squad together because um, I suppose when you come so close to something like promotion, there's always the danger that actually the fact that you didn't get it over a line, the squad might break up, people get disenchanted and they move away. But it sounds like... 
um, you haven't suffered, uh, if anything. Actually, it's brought you closer together as a unit. Um, look, the one thing kind of anybody locally would know about in Canton is that the atmosphere within the within the group within the club is it's unbelievable. It is it's, uh, I've been involved in football a long time now. There's never ever ever been an atmosphere within a dressing room or a team that's come close to what we've got at the minute. The team spirit's unbelievable. Whether we win, lose, or draw, the the morale between the group and the, the way they are with each other is absolutely second to none. It's, it's honestly it's amazing. It makes my job a lot lot easier. I think therefore there wasn't really a question of anybody like, wanting to leave this summer. No, we didn't really even have to have a conversation with anybody. It was almost just a given that we do it again this year. And as I said, on top of that, we've been able to bring in a couple of quality additions as well, should hopefully help us with our goals as well. So, yeah, I'm really, really pleased on that front. I couldn't ask any more from them all. Now, of course, had you gone up last season, there would have been the travel. Um, but I guess that wouldn't have been a problem for you because, you know, I know that was something that you were obviously targeting in last season's campaign. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say it wouldn't have been a problem. It would have... Um, <laughs> it, it would have almost certainly been a problem. Um, yeah, I mean, but I think it's kind of well publicised we haven't got the finances of a lot of the other clubs and it, it, I can't lie it would have been a problem we'd have found a way we absolutely want to be there and we want to compete at that level and certainly we think on the pitch we can compete at that level and we're doing all we can off the pitch to make sure that we can compete at that level in the future but we, we would have found a way of doing it I'd say that it would have it would have been a stretch and it would have definitely been a real kind of pull on resources and We'd have had to try and do a few more things, perhaps from a fundraising perspective. But yeah, it's a, it's absolutely where we want to be. The whole club wants promotion. We we want promotion as a team, as a club, etc. So yeah, it's definitely where we want to be. Albeit, it does look like from now on that perhaps that um, those travel distances have been cut. So yeah, it would appeal even more from now that we would definitely want promotion if we could. Well, that was going to be my next question. I mean, the news that the league is going to merge with the Southwest Peninsula League and, you know, we'll have a new Step 5 division across um, Devon and Cornwall, I imagine that, that that really is sort of music to your ears. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it literally makes it sound perfect because the only drawback with going up to the Premier Division before would have been, as I said, the, um, the cost perspective of the, the mass travel take that out of the equation and it's, it's nothing but positivity so yeah we're, we're, it makes it even better for a club like us so it gives us even more of a um a target to aim for it, it, it's perfect for a club like Wincannon for sure now we've talked about your six goal thriller um on bank holiday monday but before that there was the game at forley and um uh, I didn't realise this until I spoke to Tom Hiscott, but Tom told me that that is the highest score draw in the FA Vars's history. Um, that must have been quite a game to be involved in. It, it was it was insane, to be honest with you. It was. Um, <laughs> I mean, from a manager's perspective, we gave away a, a two-goal lead three times, so it certainly won't go won't go down as my favourite game in management history. It was a. It was just as far as sending off. It had it had everything. Um, a neutral. I saw a couple of neutrals putting on Twitter that it was one of the best games they've ever seen, etc. I'm glad they thought so because I wasn't as keen on it. But they um, they definitely seemed like they enjoyed it. We conceded uh, um, kind of the last. Well, we were we were five three up in the 95th minute, and there was five minutes stoppage time, and we were 
5-3 up in the 95th minute and lost, uh, sorry, and drew 5 all. The, um, the equaliser coming in the 99th minute. And then it, it went to penalties. And then, yeah, obviously, their, their keepers made three amazing saves in the, uh, in the penalty shootout. And that's it. It's all over. I mean, like I say, great game for a neutral. Absolutely unbelievable contest. But, yeah, disappointing from our perspective, without a doubt. Well, the cup giveth and the cup taketh away. Um, you're back in cup action this Saturday. It's been a historic run for you, hasn't it, this um, this this run in the FA Cup? And uh, that continues on, on Saturday at Tottenham. It, it's been absolutely brilliant. It has. Um, we've only ever entered the FA Cup once before. So to then um, enter in the extra prelim round, get drawn against a step five club in Tadley, Taddy Kaliva. And um, let's be honest, I mean, it was we we put out an unbelievable performance that day. Beat them 6-2 away in the FA Cup. I mean, it was unbelievable. We took a coach down, supporters. It was just a great day for the whole club. Then the next round, we had Camberley, um, another Step 5 club, drew at their place. Um, and then in the replay, again, brilliant. 3-0 uh, win. Um, another great performance. And... Obviously now that's set us up for the uh, the tie on Saturday against Tottenham, which is uh, an unbelievable tie for a, a club like Wincanton. It's a great draw and it's something we'll all look forward to. Um, it'll be a very, very tough game, we know that. But we're looking forward to it and it's another great day for the club. There's no pressure on us or the lads whatsoever. The service we've ever got and it's another opportunity to have a good day out. Enjoy it as a club with the... The players, the management, the committee, the supporters will we'll take another coach down there and hopefully have another good day. Because we do need to sort of highlight, don't we, that, that originally you were the home side in this tie, but the tie has been switched, so now you'll be travelling to AFC Tottenham on Saturday the 3rd of September. Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously we are still away from Wincanton at the minute for our home fixtures, and we've been playing our games at Gillingham. Obviously, Gillingham had their own problems um, in terms of their pitch recently. So, um, Sherbourne were actually really, uh, really generous in offering their pitch for the last game against Camberley. However, this time, fixtures wouldn't really allow it to work. Um, so, we spoke to the relevant people when yeah, it's now switched and we're now playing at Potton on Saturday, which, again, should be a great little ground for the lads to go to. Somewhere new, the facilities look fantastic, the pitch looks great, and... They, they normally get good crowds etc as well so it'd just be another good opportunity for the lads uh, we're all behind you um, Chris so it really would be fantastic if you can cause an, uh, what would be a really historic upset there but you know as I say we, we, you, you've got the full support of the Western League behind you on, on Saturday I mean let's just sort of turn our attention to you know your your you know your pitch situation you're back in Western League action at Gillingham on September the 10th aren't you the visitors are Bishops Lydiard yeah, that, that's correct, and we are um, we're hopefully now not too far away from a return to Wincanton. Um, we've been incredibly lucky that we've uh, we've decided to do this pitch in, as I said earlier, the um, the driest period this country's ever seen, and it's um, it certainly gave us a little knockback from that perspective. But the work of the committee, the um, in terms of first of all the fundraising to get the pitch done, um, but then in, also then in terms of maintenance on the ground some of our sponsors have been absolutely unbelievable in helping us um, our main sponsor SRM Carver they just keep helping all the time they're literally the best sponsors we could ever ask for 
and we're, we're so grateful. People in the community have donated both. They've donated both financially to help us. They've given up their time to help us. And it's as a result and a combination of all those things that hopefully we're not too far away now from being back home, which is something we all want. We haven't played a game at Wincanton since the 5th of February, which, what, which makes what we did last year, for me, even better, really. The fact that the lads could go on a run like that without really playing at home as such. I know we were at Gillingham, but it's not our, it's not our true home. It was essentially just a, um, a temporary base, and they've been amazing for us as well at Gillingham. So kind of both of our football neighbours, really, uh, Gillingham and Sherbourne, have helped hugely. But obviously we want to get home as soon as we can, and it looks now we're not too far away from doing so. And my thanks to Chris for his time. Now, before we wrap things up, Tom, we should really take a look ahead to the games that are being played on Saturday, the 3rd of September. And I'm pleased to say that we've still got four sides in FA Cup action and one side guaranteed to go through on Saturday because Tor Point, of course, take on Helston. So there will be Western League um, uh, representation in the next round. This is the FA Cup's first qualifying round. And um, Shepton Mallet, they travel away to Blackfield and Langley. And uh, Wincanton, uh, they take on AFC Tottenham, of course, as we were hearing uh, in that interview with Chris. Um, that game has been switched. So Wincanton will now travel to AFC Tottenham. We wish all of our sides the very best of luck uh, in the FA Cup this season. But we will turn our attention to the Premier Division. Tom, what game has caught your eye? Gone for Buckland Barnstable. Uh, a couple of sides in the top six. Um, and so, yeah, obviously starting pretty well. Uh, Barnstable, uh, probably a little bit confident at the moment. A 10-0 win in the in the cup recently, as we've as we've touched on. But yeah, a tough trip for them. Go down to go down to Homer's Heath. So yeah, be be interesting to see if they can score 10 again. I would I would probably say they won't. But uh, yeah, you know, Buckland will be up for that one, I'm sure. There's a lot of games, Tom, this weekend in the um, in the Premier Division that are really sort of interesting mm. contests, I think, because, you know, I think both Bitten and Welton will fancy their chances of getting something from that game. Bridgewater, I know from my conversations with Dave Pearce, never underestimate Wellington. They always know that Wellington seem to raise their game when they play them, and I don't think that this will be any different. Um, Ilfacoon, Millbrook again, um, two handily placed um, sides to take on each other. Mousel Falmouth, I mean, that's going to be a massive mm. game down in Cornwall. Um, and Street Cabri Heath, I think both sides there will fancy their chances of taking maximum points from that game. I'm going to go for Sherbourne against Canesham because I think before the week, before the weekend, we would have said that really this was a routine three points from, you know, new boys or four new boys, Sherbourne Town. Canesham have shown that there's life in the not so old dog yet. Mm -hmm. So actually, will that be a flash in the pan? We'll wait and see because it will be really interesting to see how that um, that game pans out. So I think Sherbourne against Canesham is where um, my attention is going to go on on Saturday. And we'll have a little look-see in the first division. Tom, what games caught your eye there? I've gone for Porter's Head against Oldland. So Oldland, uh, the only team left undefeated in the uh, in the first division. Uh, and they travel to, to take on a, a Porter's Head side who've, who've won four of their six. So, uh, yeah, I think they've only lost once themselves. So... Uh, pretty pretty decent uh, test for, for Oldland, I think. Um, as I, say, I think the uh, yeah, I think we're thinking of publishing the the league table should go out in this week's bulletin. So it's still, I think, after a month or so, it's a good good to finally touch base and see where teams are sitting over the first sort of month of the season or so. 
And uh, yeah, Oldland and Portishead will both be happy with where they sit uh, going into Saturday's clash. Two sides that won't be happy with where they sit are Radstock Town and Warminster Town. Radstock travelled to Titherington Rocks. Again, they lost last season, um, but um, they're showing signs of improving. They've had a very difficult um, time um, uh, this season so far, but um, there is a possibility after that draw against Shirehampton uh, on Bank Holiday Monday that they might be able to get maximum points for the first time this season. And another side that could desperately do with a win is Warminster, of course, last season's runners-up. They take on Hengrove Athletic, and I know Jamie Hillman won't thank me for suggesting that his side are any pushovers, because they're most certainly not. But Warminster, again, Andy Crabtree's men desperately need uh, a win to get their season going, and I think that um, there's a couple of games that um, be really interesting to see how they get on on Saturday. Tom, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. And, of course, the excellent um, um, bulletin. Uh, we have been reviewing it. Um, just in case there is anybody out there who doesn't know where they can find it, can you tell the listeners uh, where they can see your handiwork? Of course, yeah. So that's on the uh, Toolstation uh, Western League uh, official website. That's the best place to find it. Uh, it's on the home page, and there's also a tab along the top uh, which takes you to uh, the most recent uh, documents, and they come out, yeah, once a week. So I think uh, next week's will, or this coming Sunday's, uh, usually come out on a Sunday morning. Uh, we'll touch on the, the bank holiday fixtures and then also the games we've we've just looked ahead to. So, uh, yeah, plenty plenty to, to catch up on uh, in the next uh, bulletin. Absolutely brilliant. Tom, thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.